0: Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Must Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. Still reading my book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Splattermark CK, A Counterintuitive Approach to Living a Good Life by Mark Manson. I'm on uh, chapter six, and it's entitled, You're Wrong About Everything, But So Am I. Pretty good title for a chapter. I love this book. If you haven't already, buy it and read it. It is a really good book and don't let the explicative uh, turn you off. So how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, Great. I'm doing great too. Last night I did a little bit of a spur of the moment contest on the live stream and I said that Whoever was the first person to correctly guess why I used the background that I did uh, would win a free lunch at the Whistle Stop Cafe with me or uh, without me, if that was more of a benefit to having lunch. Anyway, I can't remember the name of the person that won, but I did comment on it and I, uh, I explained why I used the background. I'm going to show you the background. The background I have right now uh, is Texas, and I'll explain why in a moment. As a matter of fact, the first background, the city background, that was Dallas, Texas. Uh, this is Texas in the country in the desert, and I thought kind of partway through that I would probably be more comfortable here than I am here, so I switched the background there anyway. This is the background that I used uh, yesterday. I'm just gonna get rid of my ugly mug for a moment. So, that background uh, that's Sri Lanka, and if some of you aren't already aware, in 2019, Sri Lanka implemented some policies uh, that would never come to Canada or Holland for that matter. And the policies were that their farmers had to reduce their nitrogen fertilizer use by 30%. So they pushed this on the farmers. Many of them lost their farms. Some didn't. The ones that didn't had crop yields. Their output was reduced and it was horrendously devastating to to the economy of Sri Lanka. So the country was in turmoil. It was terrible. Uh, the people actually rose up and they toppled their government. I mean, they had enough of that woke bullshit. Um, these global, This globalist agenda policy pushing on them. And they said, you know what? Enough is enough. We're not doing this. And they physically, I don't condone this, by the way. They physically drug their politicians out of government buildings and out of their homes and beat them with sticks. Now, violence is not the answer, but that sends a pretty clear message to your government. When you're literally physically removing them from their positions, it says that the people have had enough. That's what happened in Sri Lanka. So as far as I know, that was the first country that implemented the uh, nitrogen fertilizer ban, and more are doing it. Holland is doing it. Uh, The Dutch people are in almost constant revolt. They're protesting and demonstrating all the time. Uh, They elected a brand new political party that is supposed to represent the farmers. And they're doing some stuff, but uh, it seems like the globalists want to continue pushing this. So why do I talk about that tonight? Well, why not? I got nothing else to talk about. No, that's not true. We have lots of things to talk about. The reason I bring that up is because I watched a video um, that one of my... I would consider him a friend. Uh, his name's Ken. You might know him. He was K1 with Rebel News when he was working with them. And now he uh, has his own independent media called The Counter Signal. Uh, he does some great work. He asks some people some really tough questions. And uh, the questions that he asked of Mayor uh, Jody Gondek are no different. Now, I'm going to actually play the entire video for you because number one, uh, I, w- I want you to get the whole context of what I want to talk about. And number two, I I want to make sure that people know that Kian's out there doing this work and he's doing a really great job. So if you haven't already, um, go check out The Counter Signal and like the page, subscribe, whatever you got to do, support him however you can. He's doing some really good work. He's a young guy and he's willing to kind of stick his neck out And take some risks in order to get information out there. So we should support those that are doing that. And no, he hasn't asked me to do that. I'm. This is all. I'm just doing this on my own because I appreciate the work he's doing. So, without further ado, I bring you the counter signal. And there, Kian's question for Mayor Jody Gondek, with her pathetic and humiliating response you ready you ready here we go look at it there it is okay let's hit play if there's any problems with the sound please let me know as soon as you can so i can fix it i'm sure it'll be okay but uh better safe than silent wow wow amazing response Mm -hmm. i have to pause for a second our federal government has revolving door policies, bail policies that allow violent offending criminals. No sound. Say no sound. Is there really no sound? Okay, well, at least there was the subtitle, so I hope you can hear it. I'll try something different. Um, our, our, the federal government has a revolving door bail policy in which violent offenders are allowed back on the street within a day or two of their bail hearing. You know when that doesn't happen? It doesn't happen when um, those people are speaking out against the government. There are four men in Alberta right now who are in jail and have been in jail for over 400 days for the crime of speaking out against the government. Now, uh, they have been alleged to have conspired to harm police officers. Uh, from what I've seen, it's a bunch of baloney, and none of them have a history of violent hit, of violence or anything like that. And yet, they sit in jail for over 400 days, their lives destroyed. So, there is a revolving door for violent offenders to come back on the streets and kill us citizens. But when it has anything to do with speaking against the government, well, it's a different story. And there is no revolving door. As a matter of fact, there's no door. There isn't even a window. These men, these four men, are not even in a jail. They are in a remand center, which is the worst possible place to do or to be. So keep that in mind. Anyway, I'm going to continue. Uh, If there's no sound, I'm sorry. It is what it is. There should be. I don't know why there isn't. But at least there's going to be subtitles. So if there's no sound, uh, you can just practice your reading skills.
1: Here we go again. Massive increase into the amount of police officers on the streets of Alberta. Now, the question has to be asked of the mayors in Alberta who tend to be extremely left-wing, defund the police socialist type folks. Why are they flip-flopping on this issue and do they take any responsibility for what they've done? I asked Jody Gondek, the mayor of Calgary, that exact question today and her response was telling. Uh, Question for Mayor Gondek, Kian with the counter signal. Uh, Just a few months ago, a handful of months ago, you were fighting tooth and nail again against increasing the police budget and you're actively supporting defund the police rhetoric. I'm just wondering when you realized that police forces were not optional, did it take, you know, the random stabbings, wives getting stabbed, police officers getting killed to realize that it was important to fund police departments? And how can calgarians trust you when you flip-flop on basic issues like public safety ouch Ooh, too hot for mayor to ask a follow-up to premier smith uh you talked about the bail reforms um do, do you speak with the federal government at all about uh uh self-defense laws and you know things like pepper spray being illegal do you think that the federal government needs to step up and let canadians know that defending yourself while you're being attacked is something that you should be able to do
2: well when you hear the kind of stories that you just heard from uh, chief mcphee i i don't think we want to be creating a situation where people are taking safety into their own hands these are...
0: okay this is some something that i partially disagree with the premier on. Uh, The premier is basically saying, don't take safety into your own hands. Let the police handle it. But the truth is, in, in in reality, in the real world, you are responsible for your safety first and those around you second. Whether you choose to swap those around, that's up to you. It's a personal choice. But you are responsible for your own safety. You go to work, and what do they tell you in your orientation? You're responsible for your own safety. Don't count on other people to uh, um, make you safe. Be responsible for your own safety. And it's no different when you're on the street. Sure, if you're in an unsafe situation, it would be great to be able to have the police come and help you right away. But that's not how the real world works. In the real world, when we're threatened in a subway or on the bus or or a, a Greyhound bus, for that matter, we have to be able to do something to keep ourselves safe until the police arrive. So pepper spray, tasers, absolutely. Why not? Why should we not be allowed to defend ourselves against violent criminals? Yes, absolutely. Call the police. Yes, absolutely. Let them deal with um, the, the issue when they can, because it's not safe to do these sorts of things on our own. But really, what are we going to do? Allow somebody to harm us while we wait 10 minutes for the police to show up? That's not how it works. Anyway, let's continue.
2: These are dangerous, dangerous people that are on the streets and that are on transit. And so our first option is putting officers on the street to make sure that just with the police presence and with the ability to divert either to jail or to uh, to treatment, that we're going to be able to, to, to resolve this problem. It worked once before. Uh, back in uh, when when Mayor Brancanier was mayor, mm-hmm. as well as when uh, Police Chief Hansen was here, they they put more officers on and the street. And that is true. More and officers, we were able to break the back of crime. So that's what we're going America. to do. I'll uh, turn it over to Minister Ellis, though, because he has had some constructive conversations about bail reform with uh, both uh, his, with his counterparts, as well as with uh, Justice Minister Tyler Shandro. We will continue
0: talk- I like this part. This cool. story unfolds
1: mayor gondek is humiliating herself her entire administration is a joke and her inability to answer basic questions is just a disgrace i think the questions like this are important and if you want to help us out so that we can ask more especially during the alberta election please go to www.thecountersignal.com subscription go there and subscribe the link is in the description of this video here and if you can help us out for a couple pennies a day we can do more work like this work that journalists across the province and country refuse to do basic questions honest questions questions that everyone's thinking but cbc journalists are too afraid to ask go to www.thecountersignal.com subscription
0: great work ken that was awesome um it's nice to know that there's people like Kian and our friends over at Rebel and the Western Standard and True North and uh, Epoch Times doing these stories that nobody else will do. So again, I'll say, when you see something like this, if you're as proud of this type of reporting and journalism as I am, subscribe uh, for the whatever it is, ten bucks a month or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't even know what the counter signal costs. I haven't done yet. I'm going to tonight. Um, but just support these independent media outlets so that they can t- continue to do this. Now, on with it. Why did I want to show you this? Well, Mayor Gondick and Calgary are experiencing something that a lot of us knew was going to happen. Do you remember when you saw the defund the police movement after the George Floyd incident a years back? You remember that? Yeah, I remember it too. There was a huge, like, nationwide, actually North America, maybe even global initiative to defund the police. Why? Because police are all violent and they're all racist and they're all corrupt and they're all bad. Okay. Sure. There's some bad police. There's some corrupt policemen. There's some violent policemen. Uh, Statistically, and you can look this up if you want. I don't know where I saw it, but it is accurate. Uh, People who are bullies in high school tend to become some sort of law enforcement why because they get to continue to bully it's a personality character trait anyway there's a big initiative to defund the police and that's all fine and dandy we're going to save some money we're going to you know we're not going to have police violence we're not going to have racism from police because there won't be any police great until it's not right this is some crazy woke ideology saying we shouldn't have police we should put the uh, we should put the, the funding into something else like, you know, singing songs to violent offenders or sending out counselors to a murder or to a domestic dispute instead of police officers because the counselors can just use their words. Great idea. No, it's not. You dipshit politicians. It's not a good idea. When you do that stuff, when you discourage police from doing their jobs because they're scared to do their job and then get attacked by the woke mob, you end up with more violent crime. Because the people that are doing the violent crime have no repercussions, there's no accountability, there's nothing to fear. And then we end up with the crime spree surging in Alberta. Gee, I wonder why. Edmonton was talking about defunding the police. As a matter of fact, they did defund the police to, to some extent. You talk to police officers and their number one concern is lack of funding, lack of training, lack of basic equipment. The list goes on and on and on. And this conversation isn't about whether or not police are good or bad or whether they're perfect or not perfect or whether they're corrupt or agents of the crown or, you know, should they be Alberta police or should they be RCMP? We're just talking about law enforcement, people with badges and guns, whose job it is to keep other people safe. That's what we're talking about. We need that in our society. If we don't, the, the the bullies who prey on the weak uh have nothing to fear and they become predators. And we live in a, a predatory society where the weak are attacked by the, the strong and nobody helps them. We don't want that. Now Calgary's experiencing this. We have stabbings, we have police being shot by 16-year-old boys. Um crime is going crazy. And meanwhile, we have four nonviolent offenders non uh, nonviolent alleged offenders who didn't even commit any crime other than speaking in jail for 400 plus days uh, denied bail. It's crazy. It's upside down. It's backwards. Interesting. There's a book written a few over a few thousand years, like hundreds and thousands of years ago that actually said it was going to be like this at the end, but I can't remember what the name of the book was. So, Mayor Gondick was asked question. You know, she was a defund the policer before, really hardcore as well, and now all of a sudden she's saying, "Oh, we're going to put more police on the streets. We need more police." Well, why is that? Why is she flip flopping on her, on her stance on this? Could it be that as we pursue these fake virtue signaling ideological motivated agendas, that's quite the mouthful, isn't it? As we pursue those. Reality eventually slaps us in the face and forces us to forego our crazy ideologies and pay attention to reality so that we can actually deal with problems in an effective manner. It's not just the policing issue either. There's more. But wait, there's more. What about all the environmental initiatives? We have thousands of acres. Of viable farmland, arable farmland. That means farmland where you can grow things, you can grow food for people to eat. We have that farmland being taken over by solar panels. Did you know that a solar installation on food-producing farmland will render that land useless? Did you know that after that solar panel is reached the end of its life and they and they take that away? do you know what kind of work is involved to be able to grow food there again? Because for 25 years or 35 or 40 years, no sunlight hits the ground. The ground isn't getting watered properly. The the bugs and insects aren't able to live and thrive in the soil like they used to. This is a very damaging practice. And it's not just solar farms. We also have um, cropland being used for things like corn. Oh, great. We should grow corn because we can eat it, right? Wrong. They're using it to make ethanol to put in your car. Why? Because oil is so bad and it's so dirty. It's black. You get it on your clothes and all of a sudden your clothes are dirty. So oil must be bad. So now we're going to start using ethanol because it's so clean. It's clear. It's environmentally friendly. It comes from corn. It's grown from a vegetable. Therefore, it's the right thing to do, right? Wrong. Again, fake virtue an ideology based on junk science is infiltrating our society and bringing us to a place where things aren't going to be as good as they were before so now we grow that corn which takes fossil fuels by the way we need diesel powered farm equipment to uh, to do this to to plant it to maintain it to harvest it to spray it to do whatever we got to do then we take this corn and we send it to a government subsidized facility that turns it into ethanol by using oh what do you would? Did you guess we use fossil fuel energy to do this? And then we put it in gasoline instead of using the oil that's in the ground already. So, number one, we've gotten rid of land that we can use to grow food in a world where millions of people starve to death every year. I think a few hundred people starve every minute or something ridiculous. But we're so virtuous that we're putting the food in our gas tanks. So that we can say that it's cleaner when it actually isn't. The environmental impact of ethanol-based fuel is higher than if we had got it from the ground responsibly like we do in Alberta. Same thing with biofuels. You see all these news articles about, oh, you know, Boeing is testing their new biofuel uh, jet. Holy crap. We have billions of barrels of oil in the ground that we can produce ethically. We can produce it in a, in a manner that respects the environment. We do it well. And instead of doing that, we're doing something that's more damaging to the environment and convincing people that it's a virtuous thing to do. Well, I wonder who's doing the convincing. Maybe it's the people that have the billions of dollars of tax subsidy making these fuels, making the ethanol, making the biofuel. Maybe it's the people that have billions of dollars invested in these solar energy firms that are putting up thousands of acres of solar panels in Alberta. Maybe it's the billionaires that have massive investment in wind farms and the companies that make the parts for the windmills that are coming up in Alberta and becoming an eyesore akin to what's happening in Holland. Maybe it has something to do with money and not much at all to do with virtue. Does that make any sense? But wait, there's more. Maybe this big push for drag queens reading to children in public libraries and schools is less about virtuous, or less about being virtuous, and more about distracting you from other issues that we could be focusing on if our children weren't being subjected to adult entertainment. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Now, I do want to speak a little bit more about that. I'm really hesitant to speak on these subjects because I don't know why. Maybe I don't actually want to piss people off, but I'm going to do it anyway. I believe in freedom. I believe in parental choice. And that means that I have to also acknowledge that other parents have choices that differ from mine. I have to acknowledge that other parents are okay. They're proud to expose their children to adult entertainment. They're free to do so. It's their family. I believe in respecting individual family units. So I can't say, well, because I don't agree with what they're doing, they shouldn't be allowed to do it. That's not how freedom works. And that's the danger of being free, especially in a society where we can be so in so easily influenced by outside sources by WHO-funded NGOs that come into our country and convince people to do these things. They convince people that it's virtuous for them to send their children to be entertained by adult entertainment. It's unfortunate. And all of these things, not just the kids, not just the uh, defund the police thing, not just the environmental green eco-activism crap, all of these things are difficult to accept when you put it in the perspective of being free. Freedom doesn't mean that we're free to succeed. We're free to be safe. We're free to be successful. It means that we are literally free to fail. We're free to die. We're free to suffer. We're free to um, we're we're free to have negativity in our life because we're responsible for our own lives. That's what freedom means. It means that those kids' parents are free to bring them to that, if that's the way they want to parent their kids. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking, this is probably going to mess some kids up. They already have a tough time in school, not knowing what gender they are. And now we're doing this. Imagine being in those formative ages and you have no idea which way is up, which way is down anymore. It's sad. It's extremely unfortunate, but this is no different than other times throughout history. You know, we spent years, uh, I luckily missed it because I was born in 1979, but imagine growing up in the 30s, 40s and 50s and having to go through puberty and learning about your body and things like that when, um, you know, children would still get beat for, I don't know, even mentioning sex. Like we, we, we've done some pretty hideous things as human beings right now is, is not much different. It's more open and it's more out there because we have social media and everyone knows everything that's going on, but it's really no different. The only difference is now everyone's in everyone's business before, you know, people, kids used to get beat behind closed doors or they would be, you know, um, uh, shamed at school for not looking like another kid or or whatever like there's all sorts of things so it's nothing new we're just seeing it now but eventually with all of these things if you're one of those people that's putting a you know an entire section of your land if you're taking the thousand dollars an acre or whatever because the money's good and someone else is going to do it anyway you're doing that you're going to be subject to the consequences of your actions, as will your children, because eventually reality will slap you in the face. $1,000 an acre sounds great right now. But did you know that these solar plant, these solar installations that are popping up, uh, the parent company forms new companies for all of these things. So it could be a different numbered company for a, a solar installation on your land as on your neighbors. And at the end of the life cycle, when it's time to clean these solar panels up, Some have a bond to clean part of it up. Some don't. You don't have that bond. Well, now you're left with orphan solar panels. And I would say, you know, in a a province where we have 17,000 orphan wells, have we not learned anything? Reality slapped us in the face with oil wells in Alberta that we have to, the taxpayers are on the hook to clean up now because oil companies just went bankrupt and left them. Now we're doing the same thing with solar, solar panels, solar plants. It's like We never ever learn, and we just want to do the same things over and over again. But a thousand dollars an acre, I mean, it's pretty good when you're, you know, your your crop profit is maybe a hundred, hundred fifty dollars an acre. I guess reality is going to slap you in the face someday down the road. Your kids are going to own your land. Um, the solar panels aren't going to be worth anything, there'll be the end of their life cycle. The company will go bankrupt because oh, they can't afford the half a million or million dollar cleanup, and now you have this stuck on your land, which you can't use for anything else. Oh, and by the way, your soil is dead because it hasn't seen the sunlight for 25 years. Oh, great. You grew all of this corn uh, to make ethanol because the government was subsidizing it and they are paying you handsomely to make fuel fuel stock uh, crops. Perfect. You just sucked all the nutrients out of your land to support an unsustainable practice of taxpayer subsidized fuel instead of using the oil that was already there you want to defund the police because you think they're all racist you think they're all bad you don't like the authority people should just be talking more and getting counseling instead of having police go and possibly or put them in handcuffs it's all fine and dandy until you start having multiple stabbings in your city because violent crime is there's nothing to counter it oh And in addition to that, we also live in a society where we have uh, revolving door bail policies, where people are out the next day to commit crimes again. And to top it all off, we tell people that they're not important. Humanity isn't a thing. Life isn't sacred. Oh, and you're just a virus on the planet, so nothing else matters. You put all of these things together and you have the perfect storm. Not even just a perfect storm, you have the perfect shit storm. And that's what we're seeing right now. Reality is starting to slap people in the face. Did you know Canada is uh, the federal government wants to implement a 30% reduction on nitrogen-based fertilizers in our country? Did you know the federal government wants to return 30% of developed land back to nature in the name of biodiversity? Did you know those things? These things will happen if people don't show up and stop them. They will happen. And after they happen, reality is going to waltz up and it's going to cold cock you. Because it always does. It doesn't matter what your ideologies are. It doesn't matter how virtuous you think you are for buying that Tesla. Eventually, you're going to be stuck on the side of the road in minus 40 in Alberta in an electric car that was not built for this climate. And I like electric cars because they're cool. I like them because they go from zero to 60 in, in how fast can you hold onto the steering wheel. I like them because they're technologically marvelous and amazing, not because they're virtuous. I also like my 76 Gran Torino with an incredibly unfuel efficient 351M that's better served as a boat anchor than a power plant for a car. Why do I like it? Because I do, not because it's virtuous. But I learned a while ago that these things that we're being told are virtuous and we need to strive for, reducing our carbon footprint, eating less meat, not going far from our homes. All of these virtuous things that we're being told to do are not virtue at all. They're just replacing the virtuous things that we should be focusing on anyway, which is Communicating with our neighbors, spending time with our families, respecting our God, having good work ethic, paying attention to our children, eating at the whistle stop cafe in Mir Alberta. These are virtuous things. These are real virtue. But it's much easier to pretend you're virtuous and not have to do the work that's involved in all of those things by saying, oh, well, you know what? I had a salad today instead of a steak, so I'm virtuous. We're replacing morals, ethics, and virtue with what we're spoon-fed by the media and the government and globalist organizations who really don't give a shit about you or your family. So I love watching Mayor Gondek just turn and run from that question like a scared little, oh, you can't even see the Chihuahua. Like a scared little Chihuahua. Reality is going to hit her in the face. Figuratively. I'm not literally talking about hitting anyone in the face, so you can just stop reporting me right now. Thank you very much. Anyway, I've really ranted. Uh, I didn't mean to talk about that much stuff. Oh, and Susan, yeah, the Gran Torino is a Ford, so it probably won't run when a Tesla won't run either. That's just kind of how Ford has made their vehicles. They only run part time, but when they run, it's a great time, so it's worth it, right? Um, I'm gonna try and look on some, or look at some questions here. I, I really, I haven't been paying attention to it. I, I've been just so focused on getting all these things out that I wanted to talk about that I haven't looked, but I'm going to look right now. And if you have a question, please do as my uh, girlfriend Carrie does and put a few question marks in front and then I'll do my best to answer it. That way I'll know it's a question. Oh, speaking of my girlfriend, Carrie, I often make jokes uh, that maybe misgender somebody like Teresa Tam, you know, that guy that the chief medical, she's the, federal health, whatever. I don't know what, I don't know what she is. Anyway, I know people find that repulsive. I know there's some people that think I'm an asshole for doing the misgendering thing. And believe it or not, I don't actually do it because um, I don't respect people. Uh, I I do that because I just don't like Teresa Town. I have people come into my restaurant who are quite obviously trans people. And I really don't give a crap. I call them by whatever name they introduce themselves as because it doesn't matter what I believe or what I think they should be doing. My actions towards that person are what I'm responsible for. So if somebody wants me to call them a he or a she, I will do so because I'm polite. Um, I'm not always polite. And sometimes I make fun of people I don't like. But that doesn't mean that uh, I buy into that whole idea there's no three genders, male, female, and stupid. I do not buy into that at all. It's the furthest thing from my mind. You know what I believe? I believe that we're human beings and we should treat each other with the respect that humanity asks us to to treat other people with. That's what I believe. And your gender is not any of my concerns my concern starts when your issues become my problem i don't know if any of you saw the video with uh there's a guy named oh i want to say billboard chris does that sound familiar he was in vancouver uh at a uh i'm not sure what kind of a rally it was it might have been like a lgbtq thing whatever but had something to do with children And he had a sign that said something about leave children alone. They're not old enough to deal with these issues. I I don't know exactly the details, but as I watched the video, this trans dude with long blonde hair spent the entire time swearing at this guy who was just trying to being asked questions by a reporter and was being verbally abusive bordering on violence, and then became actually violent and and started attacking this guy. That's where I have a problem. People that act like that are ruining this entire conversation for every other person that legitimately wants to transition to another gender and not become a piece of shit raving lunatic like that person was. Those people ruin it. Those people actually have some mental issues. You can tell by watching them interact with other people. They have some problems. They're not happy. Obviously, that dude changing his gender did not satisfy the unhappiness that he was trying to change when he did that. There's something underlying there that hasn't been addressed. But he's making, she's making that other people's problem. That's what I have an issue with. If you're a trans person, you come to my restaurant, I will treat you like a human being. I will call you by your preferred gender. I really don't care. Until you start to make your problems my problem. And then we have a problem. And I would prefer if we just didn't have problems. We can exist as human beings without those problems. Right? Yes, we can. The media says we can't. But I know we can. Anyway, uh, Billboard guy. a Billboard Chris, yeah. Uh, let's see. Question marks. Is there any question marks? Does anyone have any? What's your favorite light blue in a beer can? Light blue in a beer can? Light blue? No, it says light beer in a blue can. Bud light, Carrie. I love bud light. I really hope that you're at my house and you're going to walk in the door behind me with a bud light because this Coors Light is not only not as good as bud light, but it is also empty. Uh, no, he's not here. Any more question marks? The only question was from Carrie. Now, come on. You have to have more questions than that. You know what? If you have a statement, bracket your statement with exclamation marks. And I will also read that. Ah, okay. I talked to a lot of people at the cafe. People drive from all over Alberta to come there and have conversations with me. They're always disappointed when they leave, not because of the food, but because of my conversations. Anyway, that's another conversation. So I've been hearing a lot of people tell me that in their kids' class, 80% of them say they're trans. That's weird. Could it be that 80% of kids are trans? Or could it be that kids are so confused they don't know what to say and they want to be part of a group that they makes them feel special? Do we think it's a problem when children aren't comfortable growing up uh, as the gender they were at birth because society is constantly throwing these things at them? Is this a problem? I think it is. I, re- I really do. And it's probably time that our government and... People in general grew some friggin' balls, male or female, and started speaking up against about this. This is what happens when you throw all of this stuff at children who aren't ready for it. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a boy dentist. Yeah, you got that right, Marcia. Kids don't know what they want to be. They're exploring and learning things. And 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 now our kids come home and tell us that more than half their class is trans. No, they're not. They just think they are because that's all they're hearing. That's all they hear on the news. and And they're being made to feel that they're special because they're different. But what happened to everybody's special? What happened to... You don't have to fit any kind of mold to be special. Everybody is. Well, that's not true. Everybody isn't special. And one of the things we need to learn is to, uh, we need to be willing to accept that we're not special. Maybe we're good at something. Maybe we're not. That's okay. That's the way we're built. That's another conversation. I'm going to try and find some more questions. What about the kids that identify as animals? Yeah, sure. Identify as a cat. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to go to McDonald's? Cats don't go to McDonald's. Here's some cat food. Oh, no, you're not going to poop in the toilet. Go to the litter box. Yeah. Oh, toilet paper? No, you can lick your ass. You're a cat. If a kid wants to be a cat, they can be a cat and they can take the good and the bad. They will very quickly realize that they are not cats. Right? My fuck, Pardon I just can't believe where we're at. I cannot believe that parents and teachers and government officials are encouraging, not just allowing, but encouraging kids to be two-spirit unicorn slash Godzilla comma donkey sub comma uh, alligator balls identifying as Because anything goes right now. You know what? I identify as Donald fucking Trump. Where's my billions of dollars? Actually, you know what? No, back up. I'm not going to identify as Donald Trump right now. Um, He's got his hands full. Let's pick who am I. No, you know what? I'm happy being me. I don't need billions of dollars. Totally happy being me. I'll identify as a restaurant dude um, that loves oil. Back to the questions. Do you know that your room is changing colors? Oh, I didn't, actually. I thought I was just on a crazy trip. Some mushrooms that were growing in the yard. Yes, I know my room is changing colors. Um, can you see it? There are uh, LED lights up there. You see that? See those LED lights? And they pulse and glow and change colors. Why? Uh, why not? That light strip can identify as whatever color it wants. Uh, What is my favorite color? I'm sorry, but I've been taught not to see color. Also, that's why I'm here and not a commercial pilot because I failed all my color vision tests, but I can still see color. My favorite color is blue because, I don't know. uh, Question mark, question mark. Is Pat King still in remand? No, I don't think so. I think he's been out of jail for like two years. I don't who know. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I work with people that were boys, but they feel like girls. I would say that you should probably stop feeling people at work. Um, yeah, just my opinion. Uh, well, there isn't really any questions so i'm going to probably end this it's 11 o'clock and you guys should be asleep you should be in bed ah did you see the video of police ignoring and smiling at the assault on billboard chris rebel news have started a petition to fire the police lady cop apparently she has been disciplined before yeah i did see the video and it was unbelievable oh yeah wait for the police to uh, take care of your safety what when i went to the police they told me that it was my fault for getting attacked. Those, those police should be fired, but their part, their, their organizations that they work for are becoming so woke and so virtuous that they fail to act and do what they're supposed to be doing. It's bullshit. Uh, Have you watched the video by Jason Shirka? Sorry if you spoke about it earlier. I'm late to the convo. No, I haven't. I have no idea who that is. Ah, good point, Kerry. But the government is giving subsidies to have parents put their kids into daycare for $10 a day. So they hashtag so they can be indoctrinated by the state. Isn't that an interesting statement? I think this guy's actually pretty sharp. Did you know, do you know, do you folks know how we ended up with a publicly funded school system? The idea of state sponsored school? That was Jeopardy. Did Alex Trebek die? I thought he would never die. State-sponsored school was, uh, I believe it was Joseph Stalin. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been his predecessor, but I'm fairly sure it was Joseph Stalin. He realized that if the government educated children, the kids could be educated whatever way the government wanted them to be educated. That's why we have this idea of state-sponsored school. you really think it's for your benefit? Do you really think that free health care is for your benefit? Do you think any of these things that are free are actually for your benefit? Let me throw this out there because there's some heads exploding with my comment about healthcare. The government taxes us to death. 65% or more, when you add everything up, of our hard-earned income goes to the government. Now, the government turns around, they take that money, and they build hospitals, and they build schools, and all of these good things. And they employ doctors and nurses, and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. This is great, right? Yes, absolutely, because we can go to the hospital when we're sick. Ah, but let's look into this a little further. This free health care, you have an issue, you go to the doctor, and it's free to go to the doctor. You spend fifty minutes with the doctor. They say, "Okay, this is what's going on. This is what you need." They give you a prescription for a drug. You go to the pharmacy and you spend three or four hundred dollars, maybe, maybe it's only like eighty or ninety, on the drugs you need to treat the symptoms of whatever it is that's wrong with you. Was that free? The doctor's visit is between thirty and sixty dollars for a ten to a twenty-five minute visit. Sure, that was free. But they didn't actually fix anything. We're not getting healed or anything like that. They merely funnel us into another uh, business that takes our money and gives us drugs. Now, some drugs are way too expensive to, for us to afford. Uh, there are some multiple sclerosis drugs that cost nearly $70,000 per year. Seven, zero, comma zero, zero, zero. Per year, $70,000. And they don't really know if they work. They only know it's better than if you didn't try it. So we go to the doctor. Oh, you've got multiple sclerosis. Now go to the pharmacy and get a $70,000 a year prescription. Ah, you can't afford it? That's fine. We have some programs they're going to pay for it. Subsidized by the government. Where does the money come from? Taxpayers. This stuff isn't free. It's not free at all. And it's even worse than free because now there's laws that say um, uh, the College of Physicians and Surgeons are going to oversee doctors and they're going to tell them what protocol they can use. And now it becomes political. And now these doctors, not only can they not give you drugs that they know to be safe and effective for you to use to combat a particular disease, like say, oh, I don't know, things that they were doing in El Salvador, like... Ivermectin, acetaminophen, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and uh, aspirin to treat COVID, to make symptoms less severe, to improve the outcome. Now they can't do that because this government, pseudo-government organization says they can't. So where is the benefit in this? Your kids go to school, they're taught they can be a cat. They can be whatever gender they want. Truth is relative. They're never wrong. They get participation things. Uh, The world owes them this. The government will take care of them. Nobody matters. Nothing matters. You're a virus on the planet and we need less people. You're bad for existing. And it's funded by our tax dollars. It's not free. And not only is it not free, it's worse than if we didn't have it. That's how bad things have got. I saw some question marks. Did you see the picture of Trudeau talking to the family in the grocery store about the rebate money for groceries? Oh my friggin' goodness. I got a call from the NDP yesterday trying to tell me how great they were because they sat down with um, grocery company CEOs to do something about their high prices. You friggin' idiots. You're taxing carbon. You're taxing carbon dioxide. You're, you're threatening farms. You're making it impossible to make any money as a farmer or a restaurateur, or a grocery person, because it all depends on the supply chain, which burns diesel, which is taxed out the wazoo. The electricity these companies use for their warehouses is almost unmanageable. The Whistle Stop Cafe, my power bill just in the restaurant side, is almost 3000 no, sorry, uh, $2,500 a month. $2,500 a month in my little restaurant. Imagine what those huge facilities down in Balzac near Calgary pay to keep their food cold. It's not because the grocery people shouldn't be making money. They're running businesses in a free market and they're allowed to make money. Capitalism is not evil. That's what encourages people to do those businesses. But when the government has these policies that make it unaffordable to do business you have to raise prices, whose fault is that? The very same government that now is sitting down with grocery grocery company CEOs and demanding they do something about prices, Give me a break, you virtuous boneheads. Reverse your carbon tax policy. Reverse your your friggin' climate initiative that does nothing for the climate in a country that contributes less than 1.5% of a gas that isn't even what they say it is for climate issues. It's insane. And people allow this to happen. (laughs) And then they claim virtue because they're part of the solution. I really need a beer. Okay. How do we deprogram the Trudeau cultists? We don't. Sorry, but we don't. The only thing we can do, we can't change them. We can't change the way they think. We can't change what they can believe. We can adjust how we interact with people and how we live our lives so we can set an example for those people. We can hold meetings and stuff like that and try and encourage them to come. But how many of these meetings have you gone to in the last little while where there's new faces or people that disagree with you? They don't go. They're happy to live their life in blissful ignorance. And that puts the responsibility on us to be happy in our own lives and figure out how to navigate this in a way that encourages others to live like us, um, not pushes them away from us. That's all we can do. You can't deprogram them. I saw more question marks. Uh, Ah, Connie. It's called assimilation. Back in the day, it was the government against Indigenous people. That was their trial run. Now it's about doing it to everyone. If people won't wake up, we will be assimilated too. It's an interesting uh, statement. Doing in the grocery store i don't i just i don't like the guy and that's all the questions ah kathy says i was prescribed cholesterol drugs which the first side effects listed is type 2 diabetes a couple months later i'm said to have type 2 diabetes which they prescribe metformin which causes stomach issues can't go out because there aren't bathrooms on every corner Scrap the pills for cholesterol and diabetes and take CBD gummies much better. Interesting. Very interesting. Did you know that the United States and possibly Canada, I'm not 100% sure, actually the United States has a law that says you cannot, it is illegal to treat any disease with anything other than a pharmaceutical. So you can't treat it with CBD. You can't treat it with garlic. You can't treat it with essential oils. You can't treat it with anything that isn't made by a pharmaceutical company. Now, why would that be considering that nature gives us most of the things we need to treat almost every single disease? Why would it be illegal to do that? Could it have anything to do with money or control or power or the fact that uh, if you can use natural things to treat things, then you can't funnel people into pharmacies to pay the pharmacy for their drugs? I don't know. It probably has nothing to do with that. I mean, I'm just probably way over the top here. But let's talk a little bit about cholesterol. Oh boy. Canola farmers are going to get so mad at me for this. I don't have a problem with canola oil. I think it's great. Uh, It's okay to cook in. It's okay in a salad. But as we've seen in the last few years, there are some issues with seed oils that makes them not quite the perfect product that we were told. There was a huge marketing campaign when I was younger. I can't remember if I was like a teenager or maybe maybe I was even younger. Maybe I was like a young young person. But there's a big campaign saying red meat is bad for you. Fat is bad for you. You should only eat canola. Canola oil, vegetable oil. It's so pure. It comes from a plant. Look at this field of canola. It's yellow and pretty. And you don't have to eat uh, the, the fat from an animal. Great, right? I used to think so until I did a little bit of digging and I found out that it was the canola industry that did that marketing. It was the canola industry that did these studies about cholesterol from animal fats versus seed oil fats. And they spun this narrative that said, buy seed oil, don't buy lard. And people believed it. We stopped using trans saturated fats. Weird that hmm, I thought everything had to be trans. Anyway, we stopped using trans saturated fats, and our food spoiled quicker. It didn't taste as good. It didn't fry as good. It wasn't stable for as long as uh, trans saturated fats. But we were virtuous for doing it because trans fats are bad, right? They improve. They increase your body cholesterol. They're they're a health hazard. Did you know that a few years ago there was a huge study that finalized. And it basically said that food cholesterol has very little to do with your body cholesterol, like almost none. So all these doctors that were telling their patients, oh, don't eat red meat, don't eat shrimp, don't eat uh, seafood, don't eat all these things because we need to manage your cholesterol. P.S., by the way, take this pharmaceutical for lowering your cholesterol. It was all a farce. It was a farce. And it's been proven. And yet there's still prescriptions out there for pharmaceuticals that do very little for your body cholesterol. And there's still this idea that meat is bad for you, specifically uh, animal fat is bad for you, and the seed oil is good for you. But in, in reality, if you're eating a uh, uh, anything from a healthy animal, that animal has eaten that vegetable or whatever. Their body has processed it. So it takes all of the useful things, the vitamins, the minerals, the energy, the carbohydrates, whatever, the proteins. And it stores it within their own tissues, whether it's in their organs or their, or their muscle tissue, whatever. But these animals, there's another good thing about it. They also have things like livers and kidneys and spleens and pancreases and all of these things that deal with bad stuff in their food. So if the animal eats some vegetables and the vegetables have some bad things in them that aren't good for animals or humans, well, that animal is going to filter it out and then it's going to store the remainder in its tissue. And then we eat it. So we get all of the benefits of what was in the grass with way less of the toxic side effects, whatever they may be, because the animals already filtered it out. And it follows through in cooking lard, which is one of the reasons why we use. Yes, I have stopped using canola oil in the restaurant. We use it for a few things. Uh, Pizza dough is one of them. But our fryers both use uh, animal fat lard. Uh, Right now we're using beef tallow because it fries wonderful. It tastes good and it's healthy. That's why we're using it. It costs more, but it's a better product and it's better for you. That's why we use it. But there was a huge marketing campaign that convinced millions of people, billions of people around the world that meat's bad for them. And people just go along with it. When you look at these things past the commercial and you find out who's paying for the marketing, it becomes crystal clear what's going on. There was, uh, does anybody know what gingivitis is? Well, it's fake. Or sorry, not gingivitis, halitosis. Bad breath? It's the scientific name for bad breath, Chris. Brought to you by Listerine. Yeah, it was brought to you by Listerine. It was fake. It was never real. People were convinced that if they had bad breath, because they're eating onions, smoking cigarettes, and doing whatever, um, that they had this disease called halitosis. But Listerine could fix it. It was fake. It was all fake. As a matter of fact, it was worse than if you didn't use the Listerine. Sure, your breath was fresh for a little while, but the alcohol in the Listerine killed not only the bad bacteria in your mouth, but it also killed all the good bacteria in your mouth and around your teeth and in your throat and could cause you other problems. But people believed it was true because the marketing told them. What else is marketing telling us is true right now? Russia's evil, Ukraine's perfect. Have we seen that marketing? the convoy people are small fringe minority with unacceptable views and they're terrorists and those pushing the vaccine and masks and restrictions are doing it for your safety. Have we seen that marketing campaign? Do we have the capability to see right through it? Our prime minister came into office with a a net worth net worth of about 10 million bucks. Now he's 390 million also owns shares in pharmaceutical, uh, Companies that manufacture the nanolipid technology in the, the jab. Nobody, nobody's talking about that. <sighs> if we could only just know what's real and make decisions based on that, wouldn't it be wonderful? I I sometimes wonder if people even care about the truth. The majority. I'm actually going to, I'm going to be a little bold here and I'm going to say that I don't believe that the majority of people want to know the truth about things. The majority of people, they want to hear what they want to hear to confirm to them that their way of life is safe, that they're safe, and that things are great. That's what the majority want. It's like that scene in the matrix where, you know, he says to Neo, you know, if you take this pill, you're going to wake up and you'll know what's going on and you can never go back. Or you could take this other pill and you could forget all this and you could stay in here and you can be comfortable and blah, blah, blah. Most people would pick comfort. Human nature, that's what we do. We take the easy path. We take the comfortable path. But I think somebody once said something to the effect of um, I had the courage to take the path less traveled, and that's what made all the difference. The destinations between between comfort and struggle are not the same. One path, the destination is a fulfilling, enriched life where you can be happy with your choices. And successful, not maybe by the what the world considers successful, but you can be successful for yourself and be happy because you've attained the success that you want. The other path, the comfortable path, leaves you feeling empty and dependent and unsuccessful. And way too many people are okay with that because we're all about the short-term satisfaction, aren't we? Chris, does anyone know when the U.S. is going to drop all mandates going into the States? I think May is what I've heard. Uh, Karen disagrees. She said, that isn't true. They can't see it. Their mental state can't handle it. That might be true as well. Remember what I said? We see what we want to see. Carrie often talks about something called the Mandela effect. Basically, it's like you believe something for so long or you hear it so many times and in your mind, it becomes a reality. But it's completely separated from reality. It's not reality. We've just thought about it so much that it became our reality. Look it up. It's called the Mandela effect. I eat plant-based meat. I shoot some every year. Good for you. Hey, you know what? That reminds me. I'm going to do a special at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. I know the world is changing around us and we have to learn to adapt in order to survive. One of the things that's happening right now is uh, we're transitioning to an insect-based diet. And here at the Whistle Stop Cafe, you know, we believe in being... Uh, you know, we, we believe in the status quo. We believe in doing what we're told. Uh, we believe in, in, in being woke and changing our way of life because humans are evil and we should change the way of our life because we should suffer. We believe in those things. So for a special sometime soon, I'm going to do something called a beyond cricket burger.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: it's going to be called the Beyond Cricket Burger. And this is loosely based off the Beyond Meat Burger, you know, but in our case, um, it's going to be Beyond Crickets. So it will be made of beef or bison, um, but it's going to be cleverly disguised as not a cricket burger. And it's going to be called the Beyond Cricket Burger. It's going to be wonderful. And we're going to be so virtuous for it. Okay, uh, holy crap, it's 11.30. You should all be in bed. I need to be in bed because I got to work tomorrow. I'm working all day at the whistle stop. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you there. Uh, let's see. Contest? Some sort of a contest? Ah, first person who can correctly identify the sweater that I'm wearing will win the kudos of knowing what sweater i'm wearing ah good job marilyn you win kudos to you night everybody <laughs>